Thanks for downloading the weekly podcast from Bridge Christian Fellowship. To find out more, head to www.bridgecf.org. The, the other week, um, Alan came back from Vietnam and he, uh, he said, well, my translation is he was undone by what the church is living in the middle of an under over there. Uh, and he said a couple of things to me and it triggered off on me a whole wash over me of my past of what I grew up with and uh, if I uh, start crying don't worry about it it's uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know that I'm an Irishman. You, you, you know that I grew up in the middle of the Troubles, where death was an everyday event, where you left the house in the morning, you didn't know who in your family you wouldn't see at tea time. It does something to you. Growing up, we, we had friends, but we kept people at arm's length because they could be next. And, uh, oh yeah, when you walk down the street and you go into a shop and you're searched going into the shop, every shop you were searched. In case you were carrying something you shouldn't be. Parts of the town you couldn't go to because it was the enemy part of the town, so to speak. And they wouldn't come into your part of the town because you were the enemy in their eyes. And you grow up with a, a very blinkered mindset about people. You, you grow up seeing the other people as an enemy and yet you don't know them. Um, we lived in South Armagh. My father was a colour sergeant. My mum worked in the police. My two brothers were in the UDR with my dad. My sister was in the UDR. She was a green flinch, they were called. And our family was a target for the other side. And they came three times to try and wipe our family out over a period of years. The first time I was going to secondary school, my dad was us in the car, bottom of the road. Two guys jumped up at a bridge tried to open up fire with machine guns. And praise God, they didn't work. Isn't God good? Yes. Now my dad and me were the only ones in the car that seen what happened. And my dad drove like he was on a racetrack. He was passing everything. My dad is a careful driver. 
he's a very good driver, but he was driving like he was in a racetrack pass and everything. And my mum was going, is everything all right, is everything all right? My dad goes, it's fine, it's fine, be all right. I'll tell you later. And he dropped her off at the police station. And he dropped us off at school and he went up to the barracks. So whenever we came home, um, over a couple of days, you know, we were watching everything, locking everything up. Every morning I'd go out and check for booby traps at the, the, the gates into the property, guards doors, under the cars. <clears throat> I would check that. Because my dad didn't, he just walked out into the car. So as a young man, I was watching and listening for everything. Any noise that was out of place, I was wide awake and I would react to it. That's somewhere to grow up in. You, you didn't have many friends. There's a bitterness that comes on you in that environment. And there was a bitterness on me that I wasn't a nice person. You know, praise God, my past is wiped clean, so I'll not talk about that. You'll never hear what I did because God says it doesn't exist. Because Christ came in and wiped it all away. So I'll never glorify that. But what I can say is I'm standing here and I know where I came from. And I know the love of God changed me. As the love of God is the only thing I can talk about because it's that that brings life. It is that that brings wholeness. It is that that changes everything in your life. Every day is the love of God. The grace passes all understanding. So I had this in the encounter with God. And it was the least place you would expect. It was in a place that didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was in a place that talked about salvation, but they believed everything died with the apostles. In that, I met God. Isn't God amazing? It doesn't matter where you are or where you've come from, God will meet you. At the side of my bed, I asked Christ in my heart. And I felt something I'd never felt before. Now I can tell you what it is, but at the time I couldn't. It was called peace. I grew up in a war zone. I grew up with death. I've covered more bodies and picked up more bits and pieces of bodies than most people ever will. And God wiped all those nightmares. So he did. But whenever I asked Christ in my heart, I started this an adventure. I didn't know it was going to be an adventure. I didn't know that when I did that, that the universe would be changed because of it. Why? Because God had a calling on my life. This room is full of called people. And you aren't doing it. Is this straight enough and clear enough? You're not going to get confused here, are you? <laughs> I, I'm looking over amazing 
people of God here. I'm so blessed to be in the middle of this amazing fellowship. This amazing body of believers. God called Val and I over here to encounter more of God. There's more of God here. What he's doing with it. It's changed me. Some of you have seen that it when I start laughing uncontrollably. I don't do that naturally. Not like that. Stiff as a board, sliding off my seat in total convulsions, no matter what was going on around me. Yep. Thanks, Lord. Oh, yep. I started that journey with God whenever I said, every morning I'd wake up and I'd say, more Lord, what can I do for you today, Lord? Lord, what can I do for you today, Lord? And for every day from I became a new child in Christ, I've said, what can I do for you today, Lord? And I'm still saying that every day. I'm not saying, Lord, I need, I want, can I have? I'm saying, what can I do for you, Lord? I've had an adventure because I've said, Lord, what can I do for you today, Lord? Before the end of this month, I'm going back to Sweden. What? A wee arse, man. I, that was so insecure, it was unreal. That in the Bible studies, I would be sweating, buckets of sweat, so scared that I might have to read a verse out. Because I couldn't read. And I'd go to the toilet when it come to my turn and then come back, hopefully they'd pass me. Living in fear within a, as a Christian isn't what God called us to be. And you see when you tell somebody you have a problem with something, it's amazing how that goes and the enemy can't attack you with it. You know the way I talk, but we're jumping all over the place, but try and keep up. <laughs> because stuff flashes through my head and back and forth and back and forth and sometimes I catch one or two <coughs> so what do I God called me into the environment of the same people who tried to kill me and my family to bring the love of God and I went up there with a busload of other people and ministered went door to door in winter time pitch black wrapping doors and you could have been shot we go into their pubs barman what are you we don't want you in here fell in the corner what are you giving out we're giving out these let me say we give them all the different ones we had it's come back next week next week we come back in i thought i told you not to come in here the voice in the corner says they're welcome here anytime there's no British propaganda on them leaflets. You can give them out freely. So guess what? We did. <laughs> and guess what? We brought the most gorgeous looking young Christian we could with a guitar into the pub on a bar stool to sing songs to them. That worked. You know, I wrapped doors of houses that had no carpet. They'd lifted the timber of the face of the steps to light the fire. The kids came to the door, the baby had no clothes on. 
where's your mum and dad at the pub you here alone yes okay here's a parcel I'll call again and I, we worked up there we done we done on a Friday we got up with a busload of clothes bric-a-brac Bibles if it was a King James Bible you took the page out they told you who wrote it because that community was was told they can't have one of them because it's not written right. People come on, on the bus, get tea and coffee, stew in the winter time, scones in the summer, and they buy stuff off us cheap. We helped that, that community. I remember one lady, beautiful coat she had on, I gave her a brooch to put on it, and she gave me two pounds for the coat. She came back the next week, I went to chapel and the priest thought I, I was, uh, he liked my new coat and I told him where I got it. God started to break in me the stuff I'd been brought up with. He started to show me what the truth of it is all about, is his heart. Every one of us are brought up in different environments. Every one of us have been taught different ways. The environments that we've been brought up have, have molded us. The stories that we have heard we carry into our adulthood and they mold us of what we think of God and the, and the things we know of God's Word. But we need the freshness of who God is in us and through us, the renewing of our mind, so that our hearts are more open to the freshness of who we are and who God is. The start of one month, I was in that area ministering to these people. And before the end of the month, God had me living in the Protestant stronghold in Belfast called the Shankill. The Shankill. A good old Shankill. Where you only go so far up the street and then that was no man's land and then you didn't dare go past it. Because that was their land and you don't go up there because you come down the body bag. And I moved into a house where they used to kneecap the locals, when they got out of line, the paramilitaries did. Got a rap on the door the first night I moved in. We know who you are. I goes, that's good, who are you? <laughs> well, we're the, and they told me who they were. I goes, all right. So what do you want? Well, we're going to stop kneecapping people. I go, praise the Lord, hallelujah, brilliant. No, 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 we're moving over to that gave a saying you've moved in here. I goes, why are you moving it? He says, well, we know who you are and you're here to help our community. And nobody's going to touch you. I says, of course they're not. Because my God's bigger. But I had alcoholics living with me in that house 24-7. And these guys had signed up to a program that a Christian church had put on. And they couldn't get anybody to run it. And I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> I, I started, these guys went everywhere with me. They're like wee ducks, you know, following mummy duck. And I was allowed to minister to them, teach them the word. We would pray together in the mornings. I would search their rooms. I'd find their drink and pour it down the sink. You know, same old, same old. But they knew very quickly that they couldn't hide anything. Because I would find it. Because when you've been an alcoholic, you know how to think. You know what I mean? And I was one once. Praise God and Lord. I haven't got a problem with it. 
one of the things I started to do door to door, like I did in that other community, I went door to door, rapping the doors. The door opened a wee bit, the chain on. Oh, it's you. And so we would pray with people at the door. We'd say we're going to have a, a, a mission on in two weeks' time. We have Americans coming in. You'll come along. You know, how can we help you? You know, when you get to know people. I remember walking past this old place, needed painted, curtains hanging off, no lights on. And I wrapped the door. And I walked away and the Holy Spirit said, go and wrap the door again. So I went and wrapped the door again. I went to walk away and the Holy Spirit keep wrapping the door. So I'm standing wrapping this door and I nearly went through it because it was rotten. And the door cracked open and this wee old man. I'll never forget it. He goes, hello. I goes, how are you doing? I says, have you no electricity? Because you have no lights on. No, I don't. I says, have you eaten today? He goes, no. I says, right, I, I'll be back in a few minutes, all right? I said, I'm going to bring you some food. So we went, got him a pile of food, brought it back. I says, you've no electricity? No. I says, well, here's fish and chips from the chippy. I'll be back in the morning to see how we can help you. And we went back the next day. That guy, his mum had died. He never went to school. His mum wouldn't let him go to school. Nobody knew that he actually was alive. He didn't know he could get help from the government. At night he would go out scrounging around the bins to try and get food to eat. The clothes were hanging off and we were able to get a team in to paint his house, get electricity on. We got him. Every day we would bring him food from the restaurant that the church ran. We would drop food in, we would bring him out to there. We, we taught him how to look after himself, you know. There's sometimes, you meant to be listening and living in the spirit, little realm, not in the natural. This is where we're meant to be living, in the supernatural. We're meant to be listening to the spirit all the time. So that when you stand knocking the door, you know it's because the spirit's telling you there's something that has to be sorted. That wee man got clean shaven, new suit, shirts and ties, we killed out his whole house. Loved on him. That guy came alive and lived for a long time after that. I was just one person. God was breaking off stuff in my life from how I was brought up. The truth of what my family brought me up in. They thought it was the truth. But God was breaking off me after I became a Christian. The real heart of God changes everything. We had one guy. We were doing the door to door. Wrapped and wrapped and wrapped and wrapped. Wrapped and wrapped and wrapped. Guy opened the door. What do you want? Just told him, Holy Spirit told me to wrap this door because you need him. You need God in your life. And he broke down, cried his eyes out. And the door opened and there was a rope hanging from the balustrade. He was just going to hang himself. Wow. We're called to save the one in front of us. And if we go and do that, 
No place will be big enough to hold everybody. It is not one person's job, it's every person's job. And no matter how young or how old you are, you're called to do this. And God is saying, will you quit faffing about? <laughs> it's not one day a week. It should be 24-7. There should be no switch-off time. No matter where you go or whatever you do, your spiritual world and eyes should be open all the time to everybody around you. And anybody that knows me knows I can't go past anybody in the street that's a tramp. I see them everywhere and I can't go past them. Why? At one time when I was there, God has called me not to fit in any particular church. He's called me to be different. I hope you realize I am different. A prophet prophesied over my life and said, you're in the church for a reason because who you are and what you are, the church needs. And that is because of God in me, not because of anything of me. That my background is different than anybody here, but everybody here has a different background that has shaped them. I died a long time ago in here. I remember when God said to me, before I became a full patch member of the tribe ministry, he said, what are you willing to do for me? I said, God, what do you mean? Papa, what do you mean? He goes, these bikers you want to reach are willing to die for a bit of cloth on their back with some names on it. What are you willing to do? And I couldn't answer straight away. I had to go and search my heart because I knew how I answered that would change the rest of my life. And I came to God and I said, yes, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. And at that moment, I had died. Is this making sense? I had died. I had died. What had happened? Death holds no fear. And what does that do? That releases me. That no matter what God has called me to do, fear doesn't walk in front of me or beside me, or behind me. It's only God. And I've been in situations within the bike fraternity where I was facing death. One guy came up to me and says, I don't like you. I, most people are bigger than me, so you, you, know, you can visualize it. I go, all right. He said, I don't like you. I said, I don't like you. And I says, well, I don't know you to like you. He went off cursing and blinding him. And he came back later with more drink on him. And he goes, I still don't like you. And he's poking his finger in my chest. And I goes, well, I still don't know you. I says, sit down to buy you a pint. So he sat down. Before the end of the night, we became mates and it's been mates ever since. Isn't God funny? I had, I've had quite a few people wanting to kill me. And one guy says, I, I'm going to kill you. And I says, well, mate, you're going to have to wait. He goes, why? I says, because there's a list, and it's a long one. When it's your turn, I'll give you a ring. I serve an awesome big God. 
Some of you are being called into an arena where you're going to face death. And in facing death, you need to have already been dead to be able to walk the victory. I know what I'm called to do and to annoy every human being with the love of God. What gets me up and going is the passion for more of Him. I love the Word of God. But sometimes we put the Word before we put the Spirit. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Bible. When you ask Christ into your heart, you became a supernatural being. You became a spirit being. And the most natural place for you to live is meant to be in the supernatural. And you're meant to, God has called us to live there to be able to bring it into the natural, heaven to earth. And every one of us are called to bring heaven to earth. In every situation, we are called to walk victory in every situation. But one of the reasons why we don't walk victory is because we don't know who we are. We look in the mirror and we don't love what we see. I was there once. I used to not like looking at mirrors. And God started to deal with me in my heart about this. How can you live as a Christian when I've called you to live? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that right? If you don't love you, you can't love your neighbor, so you can't fulfill what Christ called you to do. Each one here is unique and special and praise God a one-off. You are special. You are made in the image of an almighty God, and that is beautiful. It is so beautiful. And we're called to call the gold out of each other. I'm sure you just notice when I hug you and talk to you, I'm calling you princesses and prince and all types of things. Why? Because that's who you are. We need to be doing this to each other. We need to be encouraging who we are out so that everybody else can see it. So that we can actually believe who we are. You are more than the sum of who you think you are. Why? Because while there's breath in your body, there's a fresher encounter of God which will show more of who you are. You're meant to be more like Christ. We're made in God's image. Who do you think Jesus was made in the image of? That's why we're called sons and daughters. We sit alongside. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to. The enemy is the counterfeit, not God. God cannot make a mistake. So we have to change our heart and our mindset about how we see everything here in the natural. Because what we think is right and what we think is beautiful 
guess what? You'll be surprised how God sees it. Well, oh no, that's not right. There's something wrong there. And God goes, no, that's beautiful. I made that. I birthed that. Isn't that beautiful? And we go, well, you know, what about this? And God says, what about it? I made it. It's beautiful. I got so much freedom when I could look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful, God, you made me. I'm a one-off, and I praise God for that. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Because could you handle two of us? Three of us? <laughs> I spent the last couple of days writing a few things down, and, you know, as usual, who knows, it could be a book. I don't know. I, I love David, but the, the Word of God doesn't give us a full picture of David, does it? You know, David was such an amazing man. Look how God honoured him. What was Jesus called? The son of David. What? A guy that lived how many years before Christ died? Yet he, his hunger for God, he changed, he called into his time what was for the future. And he worshipped God 24-7. He went into the Holy Holies. Something that was totally against everything that you believed. He was a radical. He wasn't civilized, because a civilized person, well, no, we can't do that. The rules say well, we have to do it this way. He, went, he threw the rules out. He was a total psychopath. He killed a giant, and he, he hacked his head off. It didn't go, he wasn't a big lad. He didn't, you know. I've heard some people say the giant was 10 feet tall. I know he was big. Well, for me, Anything over this height's big, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he, he didn't cut the head off in one swipe. He hacked and he tore at it, and the sweat was dripping off him. Can you visualize the scene of this mighty man of God? No education. Was out playing with the sheep in the hills and keeping them safe. He goes to his brother and says, What's wrong? You guys are trained. What, why are you afraid of them, lad? When he walked out to the giant, it wasn't a wee walk from here across the street. It was a long walk. The, ar the armies were a mile and a half wide, facing each other. Goliath had four brothers, his height. And David goes out, what with an almighty God? He, he remembered the testimony of God turning up and, and he was able to kill a bear and, and different things. And he said, same God, you're with me, I can do this. Your testimonies of your past experiences of God will bring you breakthrough in the here and now and in the future. Testimony is so, so, so needed to remember it. Write it down, read it, 
Remind yourself. When you're feeling down, open the book. Read your testimonies. It's the same God today, yesterday and forever. Same God. No different. No less. No more. Same God that made the universe and everything in it. The same God is in me and on me. The same God is in you and on you. So what are you doing with them? Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry for more? If you're hungry for more, when you're in the presence, you're not by looking at the clock. You're not by thinking, all right, there's a movie on later on tonight, can't wait to get home. I remember being in a cathedral, Church of Ireland Cathedral in Lisbon, and some of the people had went to Toronto at the first outpouring and came back, and everybody was getting messed up. And it, like a Church of England, it was Church of Ireland, massive big church, full of people, choir, couple of ministers, you know, visualize it. Presence of God come down, everybody doing carpet time. <laughs> Choir, ministers, everybody. Bar two. Two people. My mate and me. Everybody. His girlfriend, you just mentioned Holy Spirit and she went, boo. <laughs> and he's sitting there going, what's going on? What's going on? I said, be quiet. We're in the presence of God. And I was, why am I not out? Look, be quiet, mate. Look, shh, boy. I'm trying to just chill out in God's presence, just trying to allow, and I'm not, I give up understanding, I just wanted the Holy Spirit to move, and if I'm not out, that's fine, I must be looking out for everybody else, that's fine, I can do that. But I'm in the same presence, in the same spirit as everybody else. I'm a mate doing this. I mean, I just look, mate, if you don't shut up, you'll be out, but not by the Spirit. <laughs> And I had to spend the next couple of weeks explaining to him what, what God was doing and how God works, as in, I don't know. <laughs> because I didn't. This was all new. You know, it wasn't, you know, you read stuff like that in the New Testament church, but they don't expect it to turn up to the here and now. Well, not in that environment I grew up in as a Christian. That was my first taste of more of God. I want it more, I want it more, I want it more. I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somebody said we were in a meeting in a hotel and this amazing guy was going to be sharing and everything. But in the worship, I got blasted and they moved me to the back out of the road so as I wanted to interrupt what was happening because the service moved on. And I didn't know until I came around a good while later and there was nobody else left, just my mate, a couple of mates were waiting for me. And I came round and they were, I, oh, is it over? Yeah, a while ago. Oh, okay. Are you alright? I goes, I'm fine, but I wish I wasn't here. Why? I said, because I was in the heavens. I was in heaven, man. Why would I want to be back here? <laughs> and then you were, what? I was just bouncing. I was just bouncing all over the place. But I, I had these gifts I didn't know what to do with. Because the people I knew didn't know what to do with them because they didn't understand them. 
And I started, I started this amazing relationship with Papa in my quiet time. And he started to teach me about the gifts and how to start living them out. And I went to church to give God glory. But I didn't go to church to get taught because they didn't teach this. And so I had this amazing journey with Papa. Me and Papa, Papa and me. And then he had me starting to walk and take meetings all over in Northern Ireland. Letters would come in. Will you take a meeting in our church? And I'd pray about it and then go to the phone box, put money in and ring them and say yes or no. I didn't have a car, I wasn't working, I was living by faith. Eight to ten hours with God every day, it was great. Totally focused on Him. I was a bank I was putting stuff into. I was putting into the bank. I was putting into the bank that I could withdraw the times when I, was, I didn't have those times, eight hours to be with Him. I could draw back out, I could take out of that bank. I was, I, I, at that, I was living a different life then. I was like, oh, God had me ministering to anybody and everybody. I'd go into the library and order in Christian books so the books would be in the library. You know? <laughs> put, put wee bookmarks and, and all the satanic books and anoint them with oil in the library. <laughs> Just mess them over. Have fun. Holy Spirit would tell me, go out and hitch a, a ride to the meeting. And I'd go out maybe half two in the day, walk, singing, someone walking along, okay Lord, what do you want? Whistling away, just happy in, in the things of God. And I never was late for a meeting. And some of them were in the back ass of nowhere. I mean, grass down the middle type roads, you know. I, I, I would... Never asked for a lift home from God. No matter how far it was, I'd be walking home, giving him glory for the amazing meeting that we had because God turned up. Now we use words like soaking and all that, but I was doing that before I knew the word soaking was used for that type of thing. Some of you have time on your hands and you need to be switching the TV off. You need to be actively going after the things of God in your quiet time. Because I can assure you, it'll put you on an amazing adventure with God you never thought you ever could be doing. And you know the beauty of it? Age has nothing to do with it. Seriously. God has given me more adventures the older I get. That's what I love about it. I'm going to Sweden to mess with the Swedes again to a conference that's been going for 126 years and they average 10,000 people out and they don't know me <laughs> and we do the morning session for two hours a marquee that holds 250 you know they've asked us to do that and my brother uh, my brother in the tribe in Sweden has asked me to come in to do this. What an awesome privilege and blessing. I mean, who am I? Who am I? But God wants you to get bananas about him. 
He wants you to break off your mindset of who you think you are. He wants to give you a freshness and, a, and, a, and show you who you are in Him. He wants you He wants you to wake up some morning having had an encounter with Him through the night so that you see how, how the Papa sees you. Because I can tell you, you'll be transformed. Because that will change me. That's what made me stand up straight and just love talking about Him. <coughs> We're called to be kings, queens, and, and priests. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We're called to change every environment that gives God glory. We're called to love the unlovables. So what are you going to do with it? If you're sitting comfortable, then we need to change that. Because sitting pew warm doesn't change anything. It says signs and wonders will follow you, which means you have to move. This isn't rocket science. God wants us to be a people that move, that take territory, that bring heaven to earth in every dark hole there is around us. The darkness has to flee. It cannot stay. It cannot stay because of who we are and who's in us. It has to flee. It has no choice. Because my God is bigger. Our God is bigger. Val and I are going back soon to Ireland because of what God has called us to do there. And we're excited about that. We're excited because we want heaven to earth to touch Ireland. We want to see Ireland set on fire. God told me it was my island. It's my island, he said. And I claim it. And I claim it for the King of King and Lord of Lords. And the fires that are going to break out in Ireland is because of the encounters that we have had here the past nearly two years. You're in the middle of this. So if we're having these amazing encounters, I don't know what you're having. And if you're missing it, it's because you're faffing about at other things instead of on the things of God. It's not because God's not here, because he is here. His presence is here. Tonight, he's here. And whatever you need is in his presence. And whatever you hunger for, it's in his presence. And it's up to you to cultivate an amazing relationship with him every day in your own quiet time. And come here and give out of that and give him glory. You don't come here to get, you come here to give. You come here to give and see how you can give it to. You come here to love and honour each other. You come here to make an environment where honour is the key. Culture of honour, amazing book, it messed me over big time. 
So I'm reading it for the fifth time. Because it keeps messing me out and bringing stuff out of it. And one of the things I know about it is that, oh man, you want to keep the presence of God, honor each other. Yeah. Do you really know how to honor each other? Because I don't think he's do. The way I brought up give me a different way about honor. When you walk with people and death is in front of you and beside you and all around you, you, you live differently. When you, you say oh, that you give your word, you give your word and you live it by it. When you say you do something, you do it. Because in the environment I grew up on, it was life or death. It wasn't a playtime. And that's one of the things that God has shown me that honor is a key thing. If you want the presence of God to stay, honor each other. You must think highly of everybody else around you than yourself. And yet what is the commandment that Jesus said? Love yourself and then go and love your neighbor. But we're called to honor each other more. And to see the gold in you and call that out and encourage you to see the gold and bring it out of you. And you're meant to do the same with me. It's not the pastor's job at the front. It's everyone's job. Your job is not to sit and listen. Your job is to live it. To live it. I've heard so many people say, I want to serve. And the smallest wee thing on their way of doing what they want. That's not serving. Serving is doing stuff you don't want to do because it's not about you. Give up the right and start to honour each other. God wants to explode in the south of England in such an amazing way. And no harm to you. You'll be doing catch-up if you're not careful. And God doesn't want that. Because he loves you so, so much that every time he's come together, he's here. There's a lot of churches don't have this. There's a lot of churches don't have this and don't even know what they're missing. Because they don't, never had it. And they think they're having church. Because it ticks all the boxes. I've been in some amazing churches and the presence of God wasn't there. And they, you name it, and they ticked the box of what they were doing. Amazing work across the towns. Amazing work. But the presence of God wasn't in the meeting. Going out feeling like, what was that all about? The word was spoken. The worship was what well, happened. No presence. It's not about numbers. The 12 apostles changed the world. There's more than 12 here. You, you can change Southampton and the whole area. God wants to put a freshness in you and through you. He wants to break off the stuff you're carrying that you weren't made to carry. Will you quit carrying stuff that God said his son died for? Will you quit coming to the front and getting prayed for and getting it dropped off and picking it up and going back to your seat? Will you quit doing it? 
God has tied them with the same old, same old. Oh, you again. Try that with that two weeks ago, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. What do you keep carrying for? I didn't make you to carry it. What Christ did on the cross was so that we could live free in Christ. A freedom that we are called to make sure we live in by the renewing of your mind and the fresh encounter of God every day. It is so easy to live that way. Make time for God and then have an adventure of your life. Make time for God and have an adventure that you never thought you ever could have. Because no harm to you is I'm having one and it's fantastic. You all know that I could talk for weeks <laughs> about my personal stuff that I live through. He's got a wee taste of some of the wee bits. What I'm saying is every one of these can be up here talking like this. Every one of us have that encounter with God and, and that experiences of God. I am so excited at what God wants to do. Do, do you know when he's going to, do you know when God's going to kick this all off? Because he's been praying you before us. When Val and I go back to Ireland. <laughs> no, I can hear him laughing. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm just waiting. Go on, go, go back, go on. <laughs> I am excited of what God wants to do. I am excited of what God wants to do in your city. I am excited when we first came over here and we walked through that archway, that gate. What do you call it in town? The bar gate. When we walked up through it, Van and I were nearly on our hands and knees because of the presence of God. We were all over the place. So we ran around and came up through the game. <laughs> so we, we done it again. And we went down through it, nothing. Coming up through it, way. <laughs> Looking at us like a head was cut. What was God doing? He was affirming that he had called us to encounter more of him here. I said it right from the start. What does that mean? There's more of God to encounter here. You have an open heaven here. Quit messing about with it. Quit getting complacent about who you are and what you are. There is so much more. Oh man. What's happening in Wales? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what's the difference? They just open their door every night. They just open their door every night. And they'll close it when God doesn't turn up. They're hungry. And their hunger is showing because they're opening the door. I had a, a friend of mine came from down country and went to Wales. And he, he wrote, well, it's no different than what we have on Sunday. Or on a Wednesday night meeting. The difference is they keep their door open. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their heart is hungry for more of God and it's showing. It's costing them everything. They're not having holidays. They're not going away on holidays. Why? They're pouring the money into the church so they can keep the door open, so they have fast toilet roll. <laughs> I mean, you have a crowd of people who go through a lot of toilet roll. <laughs> and soap and all those electricity all those other things mm, God wants you to catch what he wants to do here are you preparing yourself to lay everything down 
to pick up the cross and follow him? Are you prepared for it to cost everything? Because if not, why would he turn up? Are you prepared to put finance in? Are you prepared to put your time in? Are you prepared to put him first? Because this is what we're talking about. This church had meetings going. Whenever you came back from Toronto, those meetings kicked off here, wasn't it? Lakeland meetings kicked off. God wants to turn up here but this has to be turned towards him mm. I, I, I hope you are getting a taste of what God's heart is over you he loves you so much he is so in love with you he just so much wants you to be in his presence and he wants to come and stay and he wants you to be so in love with him that that would come first before anything else. He wants you to, your desires to be him. He wants you to want him. Is that not what we're called to? Is that not what he made us for? Is that not what he, that fresh encounter when we asked Christ in their heart was all about? That out of that presence, we can change the world around us with a freshness and a love that is see-through. A love that is see-through. What does that mean? That means you see the bad and the good in me, but you choose to love me despite that. That when I look at you, I choose to love you even though I see the good and bad in you. Why? Because you're made in God's image and you're beautiful. Aye. God's presence is so beautifully in here tonight. The worship was amazing. Mike, thank you. Yaz, thanks. Just amazing. God's presence. I just wanted the worship to keep going because I didn't want to get up here and say anything. Because it's usually not nice what God gives me to say. You know, spiritual hand grenades. And do you know why? I asked God, why do you keep giving me messages that sometimes isn't nice? He said, because you're willing to say it. You know, he says, you, you don't make it all nice and pretty and you know you just said for what it is yeah. okay thanks <laughs> can I have a nice one sometime <clears throat> I don't know I want to talk I want uh, I, I just want you to be so in love I want you just to change your focus to him with a freshness Ah, oh, a freshness that you've never had before. Because God has 
more freshness than you ever had. Fresh encounter. Tonight, there's a fresh encounter. His presence is over everyone right now. And it's up to you to leave here differently than you came in. Your choice. Your choice. Your choice. It's just like them. Thousands of people in church were out in the spirit. I mean, mate weren't. I left definitely. My mate didn't. He was too busy arguing. Don't be like him. Open your heart. Lay down all the rubbish. And be determined not to pick it up because that's not who you are. Anybody wants a freshness, just move to the front. And just seek God. It's nothing to do with me. Just seek God. God knows your heart. He knows your desire more than you do. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Lord. Don't worry about the people around you. This is between you and Papa. Just focus on him. More, more peace, Lord. Fresh peace, Lord. Lord, there's people here that haven't had peace in their life, Lord. More peace in them. Just lay your baggage down. Just like an onion as you peel each layer off, lay it down at the foot of the cross. And don't pick it up again. You are more than who you think you are. Ian, I see you writing stuff that people are is going to be printed and people are going to use it as as teaching of the things of God's word, and it's going to be printed and used all over the world. Oh yeah, and it's going to be an amazing tool for the kingdom. God bless you. Oh yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, you need to write more songs for the kingdom. Okay, because God's going to give you places to sing it. He's going to give you record label. He's going to give you an amazing platform to, for the talent that is in you and for the gifts that's in you to come out. 
but you must go after him. Okay? Your heart and your renewing of your mind. God is so in love with you because you are amazing. You are so special. I, he just wants... Oh, he's excited what you're going to write. It'll bring glory to his name. Oh, yeah. He wants you to lay all your rubbish down. Some people here suffer with depression. God wants you to lay it at the foot of the cross. Because that's not who you are. Depression, go in Jesus Christ's name. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. God has made you very, very creative. He has given you amazing gifts to be creative in all different realms. And it is only a sum of who you are. There's more gifts than you that needs to be let out and encouraged out. I encourage you to spend time with Papa asking the Holy Spirit what those gifts are so that you can pursue them along with the amazing talent and gifts you have. Okay. He just, ah. He looks at you and he calls the angels round. Will you see what she's going to do today for me? Will you see how she smiles? Will you see when she sings in her own room to me? You need to pursue God. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the Bridge Christian Fellowship podcast. Visit us at www.bridgecf.org.